Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Why do you need alcohol to calm you down? Why do you need to listen to nice music to make you feel good? Why do you have to watch comedians to make you happy? Why? It should come naturally. You should be able to naturally find natural things to entertain you and keep you busy and from which to grow. And you should be naturally happy, naturally calm most of the time. That's exactly what you should be. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Be Still With Your Soul. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello, everyone. Welcome. My name is Roland, and the program is called Shedding Shackles. And today, I want to talk to you about a steady state. I'm going to call it a steady state of uh, something. Let's start with emotion. When you become emotionally aroused, or excited, or upset, or nervous, or angry, or fearful, or any kind of emotion, it creates a state in your body. A state, let's call it a a temporary steady state. A continuum that affects the whole body. When you become upset, it affects your breathing, your heart rate, your digestion, your thoughts, your blood pressure, and many, many micro changes down to the cellular level. And it continues this state It continues until the emotion wears off. And you know yourself that if you get upset, it takes a while for the obvious effects to wear off. But don't forget the ones that aren't so obvious, the ones affecting your muscles and your glands and your nerves and your blood vessels, those continue. Now, I want you to understand this. If you are kind of upset all the time, kind of nervous all the time, kind of excitable all the time, kind of something or other emotionally all the time, then you are in this state all the time. Now you understand why I call it a steady state. Now when you're in this state, you will suffer the consequences of it. And it continues until it gradually diminishes or until something replaces it. So now let's take a look again at this emotional state. An emotional state of being aroused, excited, nervous, fearful, agitated, excitable. In that state, you are easily stimulated. So let's take the case of someone who's nervous and excitable, they tend to react to every little thing, don't they? So, I think you get the idea that this steady state of emotion, once it starts up, it either diminishes gradually or it is counteracted by something. Now, let's put things in spiritual terms. Let's take a very simple example. 
of a person who somebody says or does something and it makes them resentful. When they become resentful, they have fallen away from love and from faith and from truth and from everything good, and they've entered into some sort of a steady state of resentment that makes them hostile and negative and compulsively, um, what's the word to use? It makes them suspicious and looking for slights and looking for negative things. And that's the state that they get into when they're resentful. And then in that state, they become easily angered and other emotions rise to support the resentful state. So anger and other kinds of emotions like that arise to support it. You understand? All right. Now let me read you something here. Our first innocence is lost, or was lost, and we became worldly and keenly aware of others' effects on us when prior to that, other people had no effect. Remember when you were a little tiny child and you just went around and did all kinds of things and you saw some people that were arguing or your mom and daddy argued or something and it didn't even bother you. You lived in your own little world. But then when you start to become upset by people, people pressure you, pre people torment you, people tease you, people um, manipulate you and you become emotional. And then you become keenly aware. So you fall into a state of emotional arousal and you start to become keenly aware of other people's effect on you and that is your first loss of innocence and first law and first worldliness then what do i say here the very presence of others becomes a temptation or the very presence of an object then becomes a temptation because when we become keenly aware of things, then the very presence of something that you had responded to or reacted to then becomes a temptation to react to it again and respond to it again. And so it is with people. We were tempted by people, and now the presence of people becomes a temptation. So that in itself is worth pondering right there. Roland talks about Christianity in a common-sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. And so, now you can see that this steady state of emotional arousal of any kind that affects the mind and the body is not good. All right. But now, I want you to listen to this. But if you remained in the Spirit, I'll explain that in just a moment. If you remained in the Spirit, then objects would stop to trigger you as you would see what is going on and what it means and as you respond to what you realize and not to the object. The realization and insight, the light, the understanding are what you now respond to 
and they replace the objects and people and the lying imagination that you used to respond to. Look, this is very important. Here's the magic of the moment. Somebody is there, and they're doing something or saying something that in the past has always triggered you to become resentful or to become angry or any other emotion, but I'll just focus on those for the moment because those are very harmful emotions and easy to, to picture in your mind and understand. But now you take a mental step back. You check with your intuition. You check with your conscience. And you see, you see in God's light. You see in the inner light from your Creator which we call conscience, you could call it the Holy Spirit. You see that the other person is just a person. You see that either they're not even trying to do anything to you or hurt you, or if they are, they don't even know what they're doing. And you see that resenting them and hating them is not the answer. And you see that you can't possibly do them any good by resenting them or hating them. You see all of that. You see your own tendency to take umbrage and to wallow in feelings of blame and hurt and anger and so on. You see that, but now you respond to what you see. You believe what your conscience is showing you, what the inner light from God is showing you. You believe it. You believe that it's wrong to resent, and the other person can't help themselves, and you can't do them any good by resenting them. And you see that you always have resented people, and you see that you've always resented people, and that it's selfish, and that it's wrong. You see it, and you believe it, and you respond to that inner light. And now instead of reacting and responding to the temptation, you're responding to the inner light from God. And so you let it go. You let the anger go. You let the resentment go. You just let it go. That is what you did in response to belief. Now you believe the truth. You believe the truth that God is showing you. You believe what your conscience is telling you. And you disbelieve the lie. The lie is always there whispering to your mind about getting even, about people not appreciating you, about what's the use, about proving something. It's always there with some lie. You disbelieve it. You don't even disbelieve it. You just don't even react to it. You don't respond to it at all. You respond to the inner light. That's the magic moment. And you go through life. Now you love the light. You want to be close to the light. And you quiet yourself. You go about your life with a little bit of detachment. Do you see how the detachment, how a little bit of mental distance, a little bit of detachment is also being close to the inner light and not reacting, responding? And one day the temptation is there. What once would have been a temptation, it presents itself and there's no reaction at all, no response at all. It's as if it wasn't even there. You go about your life. Do you see? 
no response. Because now you're responding to what you know in your heart. You're responding to conscience, to the inner life from God. And it gives you understanding. It gives you patience. It gives you calmness. And then out of you will come love. By not resenting the other person, by not reacting to their temptation, you remain dispassionate, you remain calm, and then out of you comes love, not your love, but love from God. So it's very beautiful. And now all of your symptoms, see, all of them came about through your error of reacting to people and taking umbrage and getting your feelings hurt. And of course, they tempted you to do that. If you had had wise parents, they wouldn't have tempted you. But undoubtedly, your parents did the best they could, but they too had lost what they once had when they were little children. And so now you must also forgive them. And by no longer reacting to the temptation in the world, you now are saved. You now are set apart to respond only to your Creator and His light and His love and the understanding that He gives you and the insights that He gives you and the Holy Spirit gives you and the realizations that you are given so that you might not respond to temptation. See, you are delivered, you are separated from temptation, and you don't react to it. You just watch it, and it goes away. Did you know you should be inwardly directed? Roland discusses this and more in his latest YouTube video, Finding the Kingdom of God. To view it and much more, go to youtube.com and find the Talk to a Pastor channel. Thanks for listening. Welcome. My name is Roland, and the program is called Shedding Shackles. Yes, there are spiritual solutions to emotional problems. Most of us have emotional problems, and they go way back to when you were a little child and you were upset. Now, your parents, they undoubtedly did the best they could. They didn't mean to upset you. It wasn't their goal. But that's what they did. And they somehow thought that in order to control you, to motivate you, to shape your character, to teach you, they felt that they had to get you emotional. They thought they had to get you excited about doing good things and afraid of doing wrong things. And they somehow felt that if they made you excited, that that was good. And if you did something wrong, they had to make you feel bad. Well, unfortunately, what occurred was you became totally outwardly directed. You became outwardly directed, and things should have been natural, then became artificial. See, I will temporarily pause that. 
and then fast forward to the future, in other words, to now. I've been talking about when you were a little tiny child, now let's talk about now. Now, why do you need pills to calm you down? Why do you need alcohol to calm you down? Why do you need to listen to nice music to make you feel good? Why do you have to watch comedians to make you happy? See? Why do you have to go to events or concerts or listen to entertainers or watch entertainers to entertain you? Why? It should come naturally. You should be able to naturally find natural things to entertain you and keep you busy and from which to grow. And you should be naturally happy, naturally spontaneous, most of the time, calm, most of the time. That's exactly what you should be. And if you're not, it's precisely because of what I said earlier. It happened when you were a little child, and it came to the point that you were always looking to the outside, looking see, to your parents to make sure that they weren't angry, that they weren't upset, see, or that you didn't displease them, trying to please teachers, trying to please coaches, trying to please parents, and trying to please the powerful peer group. Yes, that's right. The peer group that had bullies, and it had those that were popular and those that were unpopular, and it knew how to tease and taunt and pressure so that you would conform and be a part of the group and not stand out as an individual and make them feel ashamed for their conformity. So now the question is, what are you going to do about it? You have to find a solution that's outside of the system, so to speak. Christ came, and what was his message? His message was, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And indeed, the kingdom of God is at hand, but in order to enter the kingdom of God, you have to repent. That's right, you do. And you have to, what's the word? What's the word to use? It's a change of heart. Now, how do you have a change of heart? How do you repent? Well, you need to come in contact with Jesus and his light, and his love. You have to feel it deep in your being. Have you ever been around someone that was so, I hate to use the word good, but I'll use the word good, that was so good, they were so honest, they were so truthful, that it made you feel embarrassed and ashamed to be around them? Well, it's something like that. When he draws dear, you become aware of uh, those parts of you that have been totally externalized and which have come from the outside. Now, the kingdom of God, remember Christ said, the kingdom of God is not in, uh, I forget how he said it, it's not in eating or in drinking or in rituals or in outside things. It's an inside job. It's an inside thing. So you're not going to find the kingdom of God out there. You're not going to find it in a book, in a classroom, in a building, in some ritual, in some group. You're not going to find it out there. It's inside. 
where did you lose your connection to the inside? You lost it out there. Remember I said when you were a little child, people were mean, people were confusing, people pressured you, people teased you, people tried to motivate you and change you and mold your character and do things to you. And you reacted and reacted and reacted emotionally to them. And when you reacted emotionally, pretty soon you were totally externalized. And then when you were, when you lost that inner connection, so here it is, when you are emotionalized, you lose the inner connection. You could have grown to be a perfectly happy, a perfectly happy Albert Einstein. You've seen pictures of him riding his bicycle without socks on. You've seen that there was something free and happy-go-lucky about him, especially when he was younger. Well, it all came from within. And that which came from within also included the discoveries that he made. So yeah, you could have been an Einstein, a Madame Curie. You could have been a Ruth. Or you could have been a Paul. You could have been a Nikola Tesla. You could have been a pathfinder, a pioneer, an explorer. But instead, you became outwardly directed. Then you had to look for everything from the outside. And then they had to spoon-feed you. They had to spoon-feed you an education where you, you could have been inwardly educated. They had to spoon-feed you comedians and entertainment where it could have come from within naturally. So you became outer-directed. You lost the inner connection. So now all you need to do is refine it. Refine the inner connection with your Creator and His Son. And it begins with finding the truth. And how do you find it? One day, there you are, pressuring your child or being impatient or being angry or judging someone. And all of a sudden, you look at yourself and you see that you've been spending all your time judging and hating and resenting and, and trying to do things to other people. And you see that you yourself have issues. You yourself are wrong. You become just like the people that did it to you when you were a little child. You were innocent and inwardly directed and spontaneous. And life was beautiful. And then they did a number on you. And you lost it. But you can refine it. But in order to refine it, look, the whole system. Take a look at the system now. Would you please take a look at the system? And any of you who have gotten involved in any way, you eventually discovered that it is heartless and that it is false and that it is cruel and that it has no tolerance for innocence. It has no tolerance for truth. And you will discover that. And then you will have to realize that you're not going to find it in the system. You're going to have to find it in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is at hand. And it begins with the truth. You become aware of the truth. 
you see your own wrong, and you regret what you see about yourself. What do they call it? They call it repentance. They call it remorse. They call it sorrow. You see your own wrong. But instead of crying crocodile tears and feeling sorry for yourself, instead you just see that you're wrong and you regret what you see and you realize that you can't change yourself. Then God answers that sincere soul's cry and he shows you ever so gently your mistake. Johnny Wooden. Do you remember Johnny Wooden? Johnny Wooden was the coach of the UCLA basketball team. He won 10 national NCAA championships, including seven in a row. Johnny Wooden said that a coach, a good coach, is someone who can correct you without making you resentful. Isn't that beautiful? Well, why don't you let your conscience, which is your closest link to God, that's your contact. Do you realize that your contact, your yes, your conscience is your contact with the kingdom of God. It's from God, your conscience. And when he makes you aware that you're being impatient or you're being mean or you're being phony or you're being hateful or you're being selfish, when you become aware of that, just be aware of it. Don't try to do anything. Don't try to run from it. Don't reach for your iPhone. Don't reach for a drink. Don't reach for music. Just be aware of it. And God is rubbing your nose a little bit in your wrong, but he does it in a way that you don't become resentful. You see it, and it's a sad glad. You're sad to see you're wrong, but you're glad to see it. Well, that's God's gentle correction. And then you know what? Not only do you then realize, and this is so beautiful, that he forgives you, but he also changes you because now he's taking you into his kingdom. Now he is responsible for changing you. He takes the burden of your sin upon himself or Christ takes it upon himself, and they change you. It's the most wonderful thing, and it's magic. Find the magic. Find the kingdom. Find your creator and his son. And life will be sweet, and the birds will sing beautifully, and the sky will be blue, and then you can be a better parent, a better mom, a better dad, a better partner a better neighbor, and you will make wonderful discoveries, and life will become a journey, a journey of adventure and a joy unspeakable. May it be so for you. May it be so for you. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. 
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.